Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia. And welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. Thank you to everybody who's joining us today. I know this is not the normal day that I do Bok Talk. Uh, I had to cancel Monday because I was feeling a little bit yucky on that day, but I am much better now. I'm still not 100%, so uh, forgive me if I... (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know that mispronounce things or something <laughs> because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not quite a hundred percent, but I'm, I'm here for it. I am here for Bog Talk today. So thank you so much for being here with me today. We are going to talk about fermenting chicken feed, which is like, huh, well, uh, definitely the one video I put out about fermenting chicken feed. That's the most popular video on my channel. And I get a lot of questions about fermenting feed and it's just so easy. I love talking about it. I love sharing information about it because it's a wonderful process. It's great for your chickens and it's great for you. So we are going to be talking that today and I am going to be discussing a question that I got from a viewer. And if you want to submit a question to Bok Talk, Guess what? That is also very easy. All you have to do is go to my website, welcometochickenlandia.com, go to the contact section, and there you can click, there's a little drop-down menu, and you can choose ask a chicken question. But there's something else I want you to do while you're on my website. I want you to join my mailing list, and that's because... The mailing, my mailing list are my most awesome members of Chickenlandia Nation. That is how I address them. <laughs> and they get all the information about what's going on in Chickenlandia. They get all the deals first. You know, they get the special perks before everybody else gets it. So I think that it would be great to have you join Chickenlandia Nation and be a part of that because, you know, in Chickenlandia, we believe it's not just about caring for chickens. It's about changing the world. That's what we are doing here when we take care of our chickens. And also, if you join my mailing list, you guys know that I have my first online course available now. We launched it about a month ago. It is doing very well. And when you join my mailing list, there is a little perk. There is a little discount that you can get to get 10% off the course, but you got to join my mailing list to get that. 
would love to see you guys there. And in fact, what we're going to talk about today, I talk about in the course and there's like downloadable PDFs, um, you know, a, a bunch of fun stuff and easy to follow videos and all that. All right, guys, let's get right into the content today. Fermenting chicken feed. There are a few reasons why this is a great process. If you're wondering, like, why, why would I do this? Why would I ferment chicken feed? Uh, number one, it increases the bioavailability of the nutrients in the feed. And what this means is that the, the nutrients in the feed is more easily utilized by your chicken's body. So that is definitely a plus, especially with processed feed. You know, it's, it has to be heated during that process. And so some of the nutrients is lost. So it's great to make the feed more digestible, more nutrient dense, and it also increases the volume of the feed. So, you know, not it's, it's increasing the nutritional value and it's increasing the volume of the feed. So if you have a bag of feed, it could possibly, depending on your flock, last twice as long as uh, than it would if you were just feeding dry feed. So that is a big plus because it really helps with the cost of feeding your chickens. And you know that that's really important to me. And it also adds probiotics into your chicken's diet. And we know that that's good for them. We know it's good for their digestion. We know it's good for their immunity. And there are very likely things that we have not discovered yet, benefits that we have not discovered yet of probiotics. So we know that, they're, that they are very good for us and they're also very good for our chickens. And one, another reason why I love fermenting feed so much is that you can take almost any feed and you can make it better through the fermenting process. So let's say that you can't afford to get the highest quality feed that is on the market, the non-GMO organic raw feed, okay? You can still ferment pellet feed and make it a better nutritious feed for your chickens. And I am so all about that because you guys know if you've been following me that I am for just inclusiveness in the chicken community. Everybody should be able to have chickens, um, it's it's always been that way over the millennia that we've that we've had domestic chickens. People of all financial means should be able to have chickens, and it should also be a way out of poverty for some people. And that has been that in the past, but we've kind of moved away from that. So I really want to kind of bring that back. That's another like mission of Chickenlandia is to just make chicken keeping accessible, sustainable for everybody. And I do want to say you can ferment raw feed. So in my in my most popular video about fermenting feed on my channel, I'm fermenting a raw mash feed. But you can ferment pellets. You can ferment crumble. You can ferment uh, grower. You can ferment scratch. And you can ferment starter feed. In fact, my baby chicks are eating fermented feed. But I don't want you to ferment medicated feed, okay? Because to be very honest with you, I don't know how the fermentation process affects the medication, and I don't know how the medication affects the fermentation process. So I just don't. I just don't recommend it. Um, but so many other things, so many other choices that you have to ferment, <laughs> so many other feeds you can ferment. 
Um, and today I'm going to be talking about how to ferment feed for, you know, in small batches for your small flock, because that's most of my audience is our people with smaller backyard flocks. I will post a video in the show notes and in the description um, about a farm that's fermenting on a large scale. But for our podcast today, we are going to talk about fermenting small batches for a small flock. So let's just talk really quick. I'm just going to go through it really quick because it's super easy how to ferment chicken feed. So what you are going to need is a glass or plastic container. You will need a lid. I usually use like a, like a, a quart. You can start out with a quart container. You will need a lid that fits that container. You need water and it's best for it to be distilled or non-chlorinated water. And you will need a spoon or a spatula to mix the ferment. And obviously you need chicken feed. (laughs) So especially with pellet feed and with crumble feed, there's a lot of variation. So I don't want you to get too stuck on the rules and the ratio. This What I'm going to tell you today is the ratio I want you to start out with. And then I want you to like play around with it and decide what ratio works best for you and what consistency you like best for what you're doing. But to start out, I want you to put one part chicken feed in your container and two parts water in your container. And you need to um, make sure that you're not putting, you need to account for expansion because it's going to get about twice the size. It's going to expand in volume. So you don't want to put so much in the jar that it's going to grow out of the jar like an alien. Okay. <laughs> we don't like, we don't want you to wake up in the morning to fermented juice all over your, your table or wherever you're keeping it. So just definitely account for the, uh, the shift in volume. Um, and so after you do that, I want you to mix it really well. you you put it in the container, you put the feed in the container, you put the water over the feed and then stir it very well, and then you can cover it loosely and put it in an area that is room temperature that is out of the direct sunlight. Now, if you keep it in an area where it's higher than room temperature, it's a little bit hotter, it's just going to ferment faster. So you need to keep that in mind. Um, When it is done, which usually, if it's at room temperature, it's usually going to take about three days for it to be done. It should have a slightly sweet kind of like a tangy smell to it. It kind of smells like yogurt or like sourdough. Okay. If it smells rotten, if it smells alcoholic, if it smells off in any way, or if it has developed mold, I do not want you to use it, especially if you're using it for baby chicks. Okay. That's really important. Don't be afraid to just like throw it out. If it, if something went wrong, do not use it. Okay. And it could be that you need to change to a different feed, especially if it's like a crumble or pellet, because there is a lot of variation in there. But, um, and, or it could be that you maybe miss something in the process. So just reevaluate your process. Try again. If it keeps not coming out right, you might need to switch to a different feed. Um, so most of the 
questions that I get have to do with how much, you know, how much should I feed my chickens? How much fermented feed should I feed them? When should I feed them? Can I give them the liquid from the ferment or can I keep the extra, you know, how long before it goes bad? Those are the kind of questions I get. But I want to first answer a question that came from a fan through the website. And remember, if you want to submit a question, you can do so by going to my website, welcometochickenlandia.com and going to the contact section. You can submit a question there. So I got a a question from Stephanie and she said, I found your videos yesterday and I'm loving them. (laughs) Thank you, Stephanie. I love that. Um, I ferment grains. So she, she ferments scratch for her chickens. Um, and I let them have pellets free feed all day. I watched your video about fermenting grains and you mentioned that you add extra water because you mix layer feed into the grains before feeding. So just to explain a little bit, at the time that I made this this video about fermenting feed, the one that she's talking about, and it's the most popular video on my channel, I think it's called like, cut your chicken feed bill in half with this simple process. So it's a very popular video. And in that video, I, I am... At the, t- at the time, I was supplementing fermented feed. I was not feeding only fermented feed to my flock. So I was doing about half and half. So what I would do is, and this is what I mean when I say play around with it and find what works best for you. But what I would do is I would make the ferment and I would put more water than I normally would use. And then I would mix all of that with dry feed. And the reason that I was doing that is because I just really didn't feel like I had time to feed only exclusive fermented feed. And then since then, I've realized, you know what? It's really not that hard to do 100% fermented. And so that's what I'm doing now. And actually, I needed like I needed a bigger jar. You know, (laughs) you're going to need a bigger jar (laughs) so because I keep getting more chickens. So I... I needed a bigger jar. I got bigger jars. I got a better system going. I found out what worked for me. And so now I'm feeding all fermented feed. You know, that's what my flock gets. So Stephanie goes on to say, I would like to, I would like to do this too. I just don't know how much to make up for each feeding. Can you help me figure it out? I also have pellets in a hanging feeder 24-7 in case they need more feed during the day. What is your feeding routine? Any insights, ideas, advice would be greatly appreciated. So, uh, Stephanie, I know that actually I just read part of your question because um, it was a pretty detailed a d- detailed thing. And I know you're looking for specific answers, but... Um, For the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to be pretty general with the answers that I give you. Just don't have time to get into the exact uh, specifics of your circumstance. But I can give you my routine and I can give you some pointers that might make the process easier for you. So first off, I feed my chickens their fermented feed all in the morning. So I feed them their full ration for the day of fermented feed all in the morning I have a very mixed flock. I've got itty bitty chickens. I've got big chickens. I've got ducks. Um, So what I do is I actually divide it. And you've probably seen it in my videos where I have like 
a few little bowls and I divide it up and put it around just so everybody gets what they need. And then I have one big bowl that I put it in. And usually they're done with that by the afternoon time. And that's what I want. I want them to be, I want to feed them enough to where they will finish it by the afternoon time. And I also supplement with some healthy kitchen scraps because I absolutely 100% believe in doing that. Now, not everybody believes in doing that. There will be chicken educators that will tell you not to do that. But when I look at the history of chicken keeping and how sustainable it has been over millennia, I think it's really important to hold on to that. And um, so not only is it good for our chickens, and I'll explain why in just a second, but it's also good for our communities and it's good for our planet. So I am definitely 100% pro-feeding healthy kitchen scraps to your chickens. And it actually like makes me feed my family healthier because (laughs) this is like so sad for me to say this. (laughs) Like I would be feeding my, my children more junk if it didn't go to the chickens, you know, (laughs) I'm just being honest. I'm just keeping it real in chicken land. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, I had somebody come to my house one time and they were like, I've got this loaf of bread, you know, do you want to feed it to the chickens? And I said, um, no, you, my chickens don't eat white flour. <laughs> and he, he just looked at me like, what? I not care about what goes into their bodies because I love them, you know, and ultimately what goes into their bodies goes into our bodies because we're eating their eggs. So the other thing about feeding kitchen scraps is, and I'm talking about mostly green, leafy, green vegetables, low sugar fruits, stuff like that. Okay. The other reason why I think it's a great idea is because, you know, we talked about how most chicken feed is processed. And so during that process, nutrients is lost. So it makes sense that your chickens should get some fresh nutrients. Now it can be from your the green leafy vegetables that are left over that you don't eat it can be you can uh grow fodder for them you know obviously if you can let them have access to pasture that is wonderful for them um and you can also grow sprouts for them so these are great ways to kind of put that <laughs> some celia said my chickens fight so much for a juicy worm <laughs> yes they do <laughs> so so yeah, I, I I just totally lost my train. I saw Juicy Worm and I lost my train of thought. But <laughs> but anyway, what I'm trying to say is I really believe in feeding your chickens kitchen scraps. So I will give them a little bit of kitchen scraps. That's usually in the around the early afternoon time because I really want them to clean that up before nighttime. Okay, I don't want that lying around, especially kitchen scraps. And then at night, uh, depending on whether or not they they finish their scraps, I will usually go out and give them a treat before they go to bed. And it depends, you know, that changes with the seasons because treats can change with the seasons. Um, And that's another thing that I talk about in my course. But right now I'm giving them a treat called red, white, and bugs. (laughs) I think that's what it's called. Red, white, and bugs. And it is from... Uh, a company that I really like called Little Farmer, and it's a great supplement. It's a great treat. Um, it's got 
grubs in it and then it's got scratch and it's got grains in it and it's just so healthy for them especially in the winter um although we're warming up here so so that that is my feeding routine so generally with fermented feed the advice that i give for a standard size chicken is to start out with one fourth cup of fermented feed and then go up from there and it really depends on the size of your chicken and also the, their appetite. You might need to go more. You might need to feed more of that or you might need to feed less of that. You just want to keep an eye on it and see, you know, that they finish it up, that it lasts until about the afternoon time. OK, and if they finish it up right away, you probably need to give them a little bit more. If they don't eat it, if there's some left and you get to nighttime then you need to cut back a little bit, okay? And once you figure that out, how much they, they will eat during, a day, during the day, you can divide that up as much as you want. So if you want to give them some fermented feed in the morning and then, you know, give them a little bit of scraps in, the, in midday and then give them the rest of their fermented feed at night, you can totally do that. And now that you know how much that they actually need during the day, you've got, you know, a foundation for how much to give them. Now, if you are observing, you're observing, gosh, I can't say, I told you I couldn't talk today. <laughs> if you're seeing your chickens, <laughs> if you're going outside and you're watching your chickens and they are displaying a behavior around food that isn't normal, like let's say that they, you know, when you feed, feed their food, when you fill their food bowl and you put it down, they're like attacking each other to get to it or they are just kind of like getting on top of each other, going crazy, trying to get to it. That is a sign that they're stressed out and they need more food. Okay. So more important than any measurement or percentage that I can give you, I want you to look at their behavior. Chickens should always be really eager to eat, but they shouldn't be attacking each other over their food. Okay. If they're starting to do that, if they're just, you know, all jumping into the food bowl at once, you need to feed them more. And you don't want them to get stressed out like that because stress can cause illness and stress can cause parasite infestation and all kinds of problems in your flock. So you don't want that. Now, one thing I want to talk about that might make it a little bit easier for you to, to think about how to feed your chickens is... Something that, uh, you know, a new concept that I came up with, and it is called the chicken food pyramid. So if you can imagine our food pyramid, you know, that is is not perfect. We do not have a perfect food pyramid. <laughs> um, but every bit, you know, usually people know about it. They can like envision, oh, yeah, I remember that, you know, the food pyramid that came out. And I don't know when it came out, maybe in the 80s it came out. So, but for chickens, I want you to think of a pyramid and then layer feed at the bottom. So layer feed is like the, you know, that's what they need the most. And it used to not be like that, but chickens now, they lay a lot of eggs. They've been bred to lay a lot of eggs. And so they have pretty intense nutritional needs. So that's why you want the majority of what they eat to be layer feed. Now, I'm not saying that it's not a legitimate way to feed chickens if you only feed them scraps because people do do that. 
And I will always say that that is a legitimate way to feed chickens. But for me, because I really want, you know, my chickens are my pets too. So I really want them to live as long as they can. And then if you also want them to lay as much as they can, then you will want to make sure that they're getting that good basis of nutrition from their layer feed. And then above that, I have kitchen scraps. Now these are healthy kitchen scraps. So leafy greens, uh, you know, broccoli stems cut in half, low sugar fruits, fodder can go into that category and sprouts can go into that category. Okay. But you want to think mostly vegetation for the second tier of the chicken food pyramid. And by the way, there's a PDF of this in the course, and I talk a lot more about it. So at the very top of the chicken food pyramid, you will have your treats, the treats for your chickens. So in that, and that would be healthy treats. I'm not talking hot dogs and donuts, although, you know, everyone's, my chickens have had a hot dog, okay? (laughs) But um, everything in moderation. But so at the top, You've got like, you know, if you're giving them scrambled eggs, it would go in there. If you're giving them grubs, it would go in there. If you're feeding them scratch, it will go in there. That is really the place where the treats go. So you want that to be the, uh, you know, that's the smallest tier in the chicken food pyramid. And I have found that it's a lot easier to think of things in those terms than it is to be like, measuring things all the time because (laughs) that to me gets, I I don't know about you guys, but for me, that's kind of nerve wracking. Um, I'd rather just kind of go with the flow and use my best judgment and do it the way my ancestors did it. You know, they weren't, they weren't measuring things out. They were, they were feeding their chickens the way that it felt right to them. So I do want you to use a little bit of your intuition, a little bit of common sense, and you can refer to the chicken food pyramid when you get confused about it. Now, if you, um, you know, Stephanie, I know that you were fermenting your scratch and you wanted to mix that in with their layer feed. So for you, I think, and I, I could tell by your, by your question that you really wanted, you wanted something like solid to go by. So for you, I would say since scratch is at the top of the chicken food pyramid, it's at the top tier, I would make about an eighth of a cup. I would give them each like an eighth of a cup of that a day. And the re- and if you want to mix it in with their feed, you can do that um, or you can just give it to them. Okay. But if you ferment all their feed and, and um, I do want to tell you that you can add more water to it and then you can mix it in with their feed and they will get those good, you know, those good probiotics from the water that you're giving them. So that that's a great idea if you wanted to do that. And I do want to say another question that I get a lot is what do I do if I have leftover feed? And this is where I really want you to play around with the ratio so that you can with the ratio and the quantity so you can figure out how much your chickens need in a day, the best case scenario is for you to, to create a system where what is ready in a day, what, what has reached, you know, optimum fermentation in a day, that is what they will eat in that day. So you feed it to them 
And the next day you have something that is going to be ready. So if you have like three jars and they're all going, they're all like a day apart, then you should have a jar ready every day to feed them. And then, you know, after you feed them the first jar, it goes back into the rotation. Okay. And if you have leftover water, you can mix that with a little dry feed and they can eat it. Or you can use some of that water for your next ferment, for your next batch. And that will be good. That will keep the, keep the fermentation like all bubbly and, and good and yummy and going. Okay. So, um, Stephanie, I know I probably didn't ask you, it didn't answer your question as specifically as you wanted it, but I hope that you got some good information. You know, sometimes I get questions that are uh, very specific and they, there's a lot that would go into answering that question. And so one thing that we're thinking about doing and, um, the, the Chickenlandia presidential advisor, Kelsey would be participating in this is we are thinking about, uh, having an option in, on the, in the store, on the website of, uh, booking a, a private consultation. So for questions that are like, you know, require a, a lot of time and a lot of specifics. It would probably be a good idea for somebody to get a consultation for something like that. Um, but we haven't opened it yet. You know, I've been working on the course like crazy. So that has really taken up a lot of my time. And I also have another project going on. And, and I'm going to do a little mini course for Mother Earth News. So I'm going to start working on that in April. So that, that'll be out in May. And I think it's going to be like for kids, it's like a mini, a little mini course that will go on their website. They, they have like a, a subscription thing where you have access to all these courses on their website and it's pretty neat. And they asked me to, to develop a little course for them. So I was pretty excited about that, especially since it's going to be for kids. Um, so I will be working on that. So it will like, if we do put up the consultations on the website, it likely won't be me that you're meeting with. It will be Kelsey, but I will tell you, Kelsey is super knowledgeable. She's had chickens way longer than me. She's had, I mean, her dad has had chickens, like her whole life has been chickens. Okay. (laughs) So I trust her a hundred percent to represent Chickenlandia and our philosophies and all of that. And she's also, I think I talked about this earlier, but she's also one of the instructor instructors in the course. So she um, is interacting with the students there. So I'm super glad to have her on my team. And that's one of the things that we've thought about utilizing her for because she would be perfect for it. So, Thank you very much for your question, Stephanie. I really appreciate it. Remember, if you guys have a question, you can submit it on my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com. And while you're there, join my mailing list. All you have to do is go to the contact section and there's a little thing where you can choose ask a chicken question. So right now, I'm going to open the chat for questions. So we have a question from the Naked Gardener, my friends in, are you guys still in Dallas? You know, I grew up in Dallas and they had a video where they're talking about having a, like a community garden. This was years ago, a community garden in Deep Ellum, which was my old stomping grounds. <laughs> Good times. Um, their question, have you ever took in any turkeys? 
I had some turkeys age, ages ago. My husband and I owned a farm store, if you can believe that. <laughs> we owned a farm store. I actually, we, we bought the store or we started it like right after I got chickens. I had just gone completely chicken crazy. So much so that I was like, we need to have a farm store. So we partnered up with someone and we opened a farm store. And at the store, we had turkeys. So technically, yes, I had turkeys. They were not rescue turkeys. They were turkeys from a hatchery. And it was so funny because they used to come into the store and they would walk through the aisles. (laughs) Courtney Scriven asks, where is the best place to pet a chicken? I'm assuming, you know, to me, the best place to pet a chicken is in Chickenlandia. (laughs) But I don't think that's what you're asking. (laughs) I, I, I assume you mean like on their body. And I have, uh, for those listening on the podcast, I have a stuffed chicken that has joined me on screen. <laughs> I, I really feel like chickens like to be pet kind of like over the ears. Okay. They really like that. And, uh, you know, on their backs. Uh, but I, I suppose it depends on the chicken. I have seen a chicken, especially like really, really tame roosters. I have seen them like to lie on their backs in their human's lap and have their belly rubbed. <laughs> but I don't have any like that. Uh, so I'm getting a question. Is it worth making my own chicken feed or is store pre-made feed better? So it really depends. The one thing that I've, I've heard about making your own chicken feed is that it can be actually in the long run more expensive depending on the recipe that you're using. And so it, it certainly, you know, it does, it does take time and it, it could possibly more be more expensive depending on the way that you're doing it. I have not made my own chicken feed. For me, I like to, you you know, like I said before, I really like to use kitchen scraps. That's really important to me. Um, I think it's good for the chickens. And then I just try to get a good local feed. Um, if And I know not everyone can do that. But if you can, if you can purchase a local feed and even better if you can purchase an organic non-GMO local feed then by doing that you're kind of like placing a vote for where you want chicken feed to go for everyone and as we as we that can do it do it more then we make it possible for that price to go down and for it to be more accessible to other people so for me, that's that's what's worked for me. I, I have not made my own chicken feed. One thing that I will say is if you are making your own chicken feed, a lot of the recipes do have uh, brewer's yeast or nutritional yeast in it. And you will not want to ferment that because that will turn alcoholic on you. <laughs> so we don't want a bunch of drunk chickens, okay? Uh <laughs> Uh, Leandro Franco asks, should I start giving my chickens feed that's wet? Because I've always given them dry feed. Well, not necessarily. If you're, if you're feeding a mash feed, so a mash feed is, is raw. It's not processed. And there's usually something called the the fines in it. So it's, it's like a fine powder. And 
chickens don't always eat the powder. They will pick out what they like and they will leave what they what they don't like as much. Okay, but that's not necessarily good for them because there's a lot of nutritional value in that powder and they need that. Okay, so that's why I, even if I wasn't fermenting the raw chicken feed that I'm feeding right now, I would wet it down to make sure that they get those fines. But if you're just feeding um, pellet or crumble, you do not have to wet down that feed um, unless you're fermenting it. And then you, you can soak it and it will ferment and it will be quite good for them. And even just soaking it overnight has, has, its, um, has its benefits. The Naked Gardener says, sure, we want some drunk chickens. You would. you take them right to Deep Ellum. <laughs> Full of Fortitude asks, I'm a beginner. How hard is it to house train a chicken? And do you get more than two when doing so? Okay, so no matter where I, had, I was keeping my chicken, I would, I would definitely think it would be best to have more than one. Because chickens are flock animals, they like being around their own species. And that that is their natural tendency. And I, I really believe in fulfilling that natural tendency as much as possible. Now, if you have a chicken that's inside, that lives in the house, there's there's people in the house, it's with everybody, it, it, will, it will likely be okay to be the only house chicken. But I, I do still think it's better for them to have the company of their own species. As far as how hard it is to house train them, I, that's like an urban legend. Like I have heard that it is done, has been done. And I believe, I believe people when they say, when they say that it, they did it, I believe them, but I don't know how they did it. And I don't know that every chicken can learn how to be house trained. Usually when people have a house chicken, they put those little chicken diapers on them. And you know what works great as a chicken diaper is actually a, a mask, a face mask. Like, you know, if you can get, if you, I don't, you may not want to use up your face masks for a chicken diaper in these times, in these unprecedented times. Um, but yeah, you put it like, you know, there's this part and you put that like right over their butt. And then it's got the, it's got the like ear things, you know, like the things that the, the strings that go around their ears and you put those around their wings, you know, like on their shoulders and it like stays on them <laughs> for a bit. Probably, I don't know if it would work on a, um, probably wouldn't work on a, you know, a standard size chicken. And now I'm not sure now that I'm thinking about it, but it would work for a little bantam, which is usually, those are usually the ones that end up in the house. Okay, guys, one more question. The chicken asks, what should I do if I have an injured chicken? So I don't know if you can hear my dogs. I always ask that and everybody always says no, but that was Zeus. My little dog was, was singing. Um, so the first thing I would do if I had an injured chicken, it, it depends on the severity of it, but in many cases, your best course of action would be to consult a licensed veterinarian. There are just some things that I wouldn't recommend doing at home if you, if you can help it. I know that veterinarians aren't accessible to everybody, but I do want to say that's obviously the best course of action. If it's not a severe in injury, I would bring them in and I would do the REST protocol on them. That's R-E-S-T. And that you can find on my YouTube channel. It's a video. Um, I also talk about it in the course. But what it is, it's a, it's a protocol that you can follow for a chicken that is sick. 
for a chicken that is super, you know, has been through trauma or for a chicken that is injured. And it's just, you know, basically just basic TLC for a chicken. You feed them some scrambled eggs, you give them some electrolytes, make sure they're in a quiet spot, um, you know, make sure that they don't have to worry about staying hot, about staying warm or staying cold. You want to control their temperature. So that is what I would do. And certainly I would treat the wound. If it, if it was a wound, you want to follow basic first aid. So you're going to clean it out first. And if you have, you know, you should, you should think about having a basic first aid kit for your chickens. And I do have a video about that. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's like sick or injured chicken. Here's everything you need or something like that. Um, but I will put that in the show notes and in the description. You know, in your first aid kit, it would be great for you to have some some saline or some sterile water to clean out a wound. And you can put Neosporin on it, uh, the kind that doesn't have painkiller. You can put uh, Veteracin. Am I pronouncing that right? Because I always read it, but I never say it. <laughs> Veteracin, I think. You can put some of that on it. You can put, uh, you know, if you have like hen healer or, or some other product that is specifically for chickens for wounds, you can put that on it. And chickens are amazingly resilient. They really are. It's amazing what they can live through. The main thing really is the stress that they experience and the shock that they experience. So if they're in shock, I want you to give them at least overnight before you mess with them too much. If they're not eating, I don't want you to force feed them or anything like that. Um, after that initial time to hopefully get them, let them come out of shock naturally, you may want to try and give them a little bit of food in a syringe. Okay. And, and, um, I'll put like egg yolk in a syringe and mix it with some, uh, electrolyte water and a drop of rescue remedy and, just put, start putting like drops on the side of their beak and hopefully, you know, they should like drink that, but you never want to put it down their throat and try to force feed them because you can drown them really easily doing that. So, uh, that's just some basic things, you know, and hopefully your chicken will come out of it. You can also, there's a homeopathic Arnica in the 30 C potency, you can get the pellets. It's like a little blue vial. The most popular ones are by Boyron. Little blue vial, you can get them at your local health food store. And it has pellets in it. And you can just take a couple of pellets and put them in the in the water every day if they have like an injury that's possibly causing them pain and or they have bruising. And it's good for shock too. Okay? So I hope that helps. Diane just gave me a super chat for $15. She says, great information. Thank you. Thank you so much, Diane, for being such a good member of the Chickenlandia family. And remember, guys, if you want to join Chickenlandia Nation, where they get all the chicken news and reports first, <laughs> please go to my website and join my mailing list and you will be sent a coupon code for my new online course chickenlandia's backyard chickens 101 a chicken course for everyone all the stuff that i talked about today i talk about in the course but i go more in depth and i also give like pdfs and it's also interactive so um i've been getting a lot of good feedback about it and i'd love to see you guys there 
I do want to say thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to thank the moderators. We had 13 Moons Homestead here today. Of course, I want to thank the Chickenlandia presidential advisor who helped to produce this episode of Bok Talk. And thank you for to Talking to Grows for editing this episode and to Double M Ranch for designing my wonderful podcast art and all the art that you see on Chickenlandia. She designed all of it because she's brilliant. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate and review it, but only if you enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, if you didn't enjoy it, go ahead and rate it because you we know in Chickenlandia, haters have got to hate. <laughs> um, so... Guys, I want you to remember one thing always. You are always welcome in Chickenlandia. Bye. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.